Hello, hola, and konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the only podcast out there fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. I, of course, am talking about those fighting on the upcoming prelims of UFC fight cards. After a week away, we are back at it with UFC in Stockholm, Sweden on ESPN+. But as you know about the Prelim Primer, if you've ever listened in before, we are only talking about the upcoming prelims of that card. Now, if you haven't heard the show before, you're probably thinking to yourself, why would they do such a thing? Why aren't, why aren't we talking about the main card? And it's because you're a knowledgeable MMA fan. You probably know plenty about the main card as it is. And you probably already have some bets down and maybe some daily fantasy picks based on Gustafson Smith. But you probably need a little bit of help on the early part of the card. Maybe you're sick of losing at daily fantasy because other users know more about the hidden gems of this card. Well, you came to the right place, and since you came to the right place to be schooled on the prelims, let me school you a little bit about MMA Daily Fantasy Sports. There are a lot of places out there, but I guarantee none of them are like BSMMA.com. Go to BSMMA.com and check out the most unique form of Daily Fantasy Sports. They are simplifying the game, and they're doing it in a way that makes it fun and easy to follow. You're probably used to Daily Fantasy Sports that use lots of salary caps, have kinds of weird ways of choosing arbitrary winners like the number of punches landed and things like that. Not anymore. Go to BSMMA.com. All you got to do is pick the winner of five fights. Then you pick the round in the method, and you can add a little bonus in there as well. There's a couple extra little you know pieces that you might want to check out, but... They've super simplified it so that you can watch along with your friends, you can know exactly who's winning, and you don't have to wait for the stats to come in on how many punches were landed and crazy stuff like that. And while you're there showing everybody how much you know about MMA, you can get your first two games for free. That's right. You can do your first two games on BSMMA for free. The first one, you can go there right now. It's up. It's a public game. BSMMA Apparel is up for grabs. Just go ahead and sign in. Click that game, hit enter for $0, that's right, $0, and you're going to get in that game. Now, I'm also going to get you in a game that will give you a $20 Amazon gift card if you're able to pull off first place. It's exclusive to the listeners of this show. You're going to go there, you're going to click enter con- contest code PRELIM2. That's PRELIM in the number two. Enter that in and make your picks. And to help you out with those picks on BSMMA.com, I've enlisted in the help of a savvy co-host, Today, I'm joined by the host of the Half the Battle podcast. You might know him on Twitter, at BestFightPicks. BestFightPicks.com is where you can find all of his work. He's a wealth of MMA and gambling knowledge. Daniel Levy. Daniel, are you ready to break down these prelims with me? I absolutely am, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show, and uh, let's get down to business. All right, and as always, we start with round one. Let's put five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start today by talking about the prelim I'm the most excited about, which is Stevie Ray versus Leandro Santos. First of all, Stevie Ray is 1-2 and two in his last three. He's back on track after losses to Paul Felder and Cajun Johnson. Leandro Santos is on a four-fight win streak, which includes wins over Tony Martin and Kevin Lee. But it's important to note that he had a three-year layoff since his last fight. With those wins, Santos clearly should be the favorite. But how serious are your concerns about that layoff, Daniel? My concerns are huge about the layoff because when you talk about the 155-pound division in the UFC, it's the most talent-stacked division in the entire sport. And Leo Santos is a guy who his best win in 2015 was against an undeveloped prospect named Kevin Lee. Now, since that point, you know Kevin Lee has gone on to challenge for the UFC interim title. But back then... He, he wasn't at his title run yet. So you look at his record now, and it's like, oh, man, he beat Kevin Lee. He beat Tony uh, Tony Martin. But, man, 
It's been three years since the last time he fought. His next birthday, he turns 40 years old. And Stevie Ray, he's been up and down. But I'll tell you what, man, the kid's only 29 years old, coming off a win. The momentum's on his side. And this could be a good opportunity for him to make it a two-fight win streak, to go out there, throw more volume than what might be a very rusty Leo Santos. So I actually do think the line should be closer here. And uh, this might be an interesting spot for Stevie Ray. Yeah, and I was going to ask you, too, about the volume, too. Stevie Ray tends to be a guy who has pretty decent volume here, and we, we do tend to see that the worst part about the ring rust is the fact that people tend not to be out there. Do you expect Stevie Ray to have more volume? A hundred percent. I mean, if you look at the, the stats alone, on paper, he does throw more volume than Leo Santos, almost more than one strike per minute. But then you factor in the layoff and the fact that Leo Santos was kind of not looking as good as last fight against Adriano Martins back in October 2016. I can only expect that now he's about to be 40 years old that he's going to look even slower. So I uh, I do think that there's going to be more volume uh, from uh, Stevie Ray's uh, side. But the thing is, he's got to look out for the world-class ground game of Leo Santos. Leo is a jiu-jitsu black belt. That's one thing that never leaves. If Stevie makes a mistake on the mat, it could be over. But on the feet, I do think he's going to be controlling the action. If he can keep this upright, he can go out there and get this upset. And, and Leonardo did get Kevin Lee down once. Do you think he goes for the takedown against Stevie Ray, or do you think he tries to keep it standing? You know, I'm sure at, at some point in this fight that he will definitely attempt a takedown, but the thing here is that he has a 25% takedown accuracy. He's not known for consistently getting takedowns throughout the fights, and the last two takedowns he did get, Kevin Lee, for whatever reason, you know, if you hear his interviews going into that fight, he completely uh, thought that Leonardo Santos was some kind of joke. He didn't take the fight seriously, and it was a beautiful entry by a uh, beautiful timing by Leo Santos, but again, this was 2015 prior to that. Uh, pre-Reebok, he took down Tony Martin, who was completely gassed after the first round. As you've seen, Tony Martin needed to go up to 170 pounds. So I'm sure he's going to attempt it, but I'm not convinced that he's going to get it. All right. Well, we've gotten to about the end of breaking down this fight. Uh, do you got an official prediction? Do you like Stevie Ray or Leo Santos in this one? Well, I understand why Leo Santos is favored just based on the resume, but at the end of the day, I think it should be a lot closer. So as a gambling man, uh, I will uh, take my chances on the dog odds here uh, from a pick perspective, and I'm going to go with Stevie Ray for the upset. Yeah, and I like Stevie Ray by decision here too. The ring rust has got me real worried. Uh, so let's get on to our second fight so we can get one more in in this round. So we got Tonya Evinger fighting Lena Landsberg at women's bantamweight. Evinger is 0-2 in the UFC, but she has lost to Cyborg and Aspen Ladd, which, which are fair losses here. We got Lena Landsberg. She's 2-3 and in the UFC. She's alternated wins and losses her whole career, coming off a loss to Yana Kunitskaya, who Evinger has beaten. Both had been grounded badly in their last fight. Both got taken down and sort of grinded out. Do you expect this one to stay on the feet, or do you expect one of them to take advantage of the takedown defense of the other one? So, uh, interesting question. I would have to lean with Evinger getting Landsberg to the map because we've seen that Landsberg's takedown defense isn't the best. She's known for you know being the elbow queen. That's her nickname. But if you watch her fight with Lucy Putalova, it was actually Landsberg that got her face marked up. I'm not sure how she won that fight. This being in Sweden, maybe that should make the line a little bit closer in case uh, – you know, this is a back-and-forth fight. You never know how the judges are going to see it. But at the end of the day, I do think that the physicality of Tanya Evinger is going to be the difference here. And I will pick her to get her first UFC win. Yeah, and I think people are selling her short, too, because she does have a win over Yana Kunitskaya, who's number seven in the Bantamweight rankings right now. So she is 0-2, but losing to Cyborg and Aspen Ladd, who by all you know accounts is one fight away from a, a title shot as it is. 
I like Tonya Evinger here too, and so my official pick is going to be Evinger by decision. How about you? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go with uh, with Evinger via rear naked choke. Ah, and there you have it. So that's just about going to do it for the end of the first round. We still got plenty more action coming for you guys in the second round, so stay tuned and listen to this short message from our sponsors. For me, there's nothing better than getting together with some friends to watch the fight. You can argue about who's going to win and point and laugh at your loser friends when they can't get anything right. That's where the idea for BSMMA came in. BSMMA.com was invented to bring you and your friends together to give you a way to show that you're better than them at picking MMA. It's simple. You choose a winner, you choose a round, you choose a method, and then you watch your points rack up. They invented a fully customizable contest so that you and your friends not only can watch your scores rack up, but you can set up custom contests for you to compete with them. Maybe you want to throw a few bucks down to show who is really superior. Maybe you want it to be super high stakes and get a whole bunch of your friends in. Maybe you want to go head to head. Maybe you want to do a battle royale style. Maybe you want to do it just for free to see who is the best out there. You can do all that at bsmma.com and make your night that much more interesting. Now, Back to the show. And we are back with round number two. We're going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about a fight that I am personally very excited about because it is a crazy styles clash. And I, of course, am talking about Nick Hine versus Frank the Crane Camacho. Camacho is only one in three in the UFC, having just been knocked out by Jeff Neal. But he rattled off three straight fight of the night performances to start his UFC career. One of only three fighters to do that. Nick Hine is coming off back-to-back losses to Demir Hajovic and Davi Ramos. This really seems like a battle of two completely different outputs. Frank Camacho is putting out seven strikes per minute, whereas Nick Hine is putting out two. How is Nick Hine going to make up the difference there to win a decision? For Nick Khan to win this fight, he's got to fight like old school Nick Khan. He's got to be very meat and potatoes about it, and he's got to weather a serious storm by Frank Camacho because everyone knows that Frank Camacho comes out super hard in that first round, but everyone also knows that Frank Camacho cuts a lot of weight to make 155 pounds. So if Nick Khan can hang on early, there's a chance that he can take over late. The question is, will he hang on early? Because Frank Camacho, the guy swings big, the guy hits like a truck, and Nick Khan, his next birthday, he's going to turn 36 years old. So I do believe his best days are behind him. But man, uh, it's going to be interesting to see Frank the Crank back at 155 pounds. I kind of lean his way just because of the youth. I kind of feel like Nick Hine, look, he had a great career. He's got things going on outside the cage. And Frank Camacho might still have something to prove here. So I'm going to have to side with uh, the younger, fresher guy here. Yeah, I like Camacho here too, but it is interesting to note that Nick Hine hasn't been knocked out in the UFC, and that's a a span that includes fights against guys like James Vick and Drew Dober, who has underrated knockout power too. Now, his last two or three fights are against guys who aren't really knocking anybody out, but do you see a path for Camacho to knock out Hine here? Oh, 100%, because, yeah, he hasn't been knocked out yet, but that doesn't mean that he can't be knocked out. And not not only that, you go and you watch his fight against Demir Hadzovic, and uh, he did uh, he did get floored in that fight, man, and you never know, a different ref, uh, they could have they stepped in and called it a TKO. So 
I definitely think there's a chance that uh, Camacho's live for a knockout here. However, I think it's going to have to take place within the first round and a half because after that, historically speaking, Camacho does tend to gas. I know he went out there and won that third round against Drew Dober, but I think here at 155 pounds, he's going to have to get it done early if he is to win this fight. And, and I'm officially picking uh, Frank Camacho by TKO early uh, for that reason because I do think he gets it done early. How about you? I'm going to go uh, Camacho first round knockout. There we go. We are all on the same page today. Let's talk about another fight that we might not be on the same page about, and that is Darko Stoizic versus Devin, the Brown Bear Clark. Stoizic came off of his UFC debut where he absolutely dismantled Jeremy Kimball. Devin, the Brown Bear Clark, is only one and two in his last three, but some big names in those last three. Losses to Alexander Rejic, uh Jan Blankovic, and a win over Mike Rodriguez. So Stoizic came out like a wrecking ball in his first fight. Will that mentality work against a guy like Devin Clark? Absolutely. All he's got to do is stay composed here and uh, not let Devin Clark dictate the pace because Devin Clark, yeah, he's the very he's a very athletic guy. He's experienced, but he's very spastic with his stand up and he doesn't seem like he's got much direction in there. And we can talk about, you know, the level of competition he's been fighting, but we also got to mention that he's been getting finished by all these guys. You know, he went out there against Rakic, dropped him twice. You got to show him respect for that. But, man, why is he going down the backhands and stuff like that? And the fight with Jan Blakovic, a standing rear naked choke. I just feel like the kid's got a lot of room to improve, whereas Darko Stosic, very composed in there, very technical, very methodical. So I think as long as Darko doesn't make some young mistake that he can go out there, handle biz, and probably win this fight via knockout. Yeah, and, and I'm a little bit worried, too, about Clark tends to rely on the wrestling to get ahead on the judges' scorecards, too, here. And I just don't see him being able to body up Darko because Darko is just so fucking strong. So in that way, I, I'm leaning towards Stozik. I don't know if he gets a KO um, or a TKO, but I'm definitely taking him as the pick here. Sounds like you are too. Yes, sir. Uh, all the action is coming in Devin Clark's way. I'm going to go the opposite way, and I'm going to take a Darko Stozik here. All right, and we got just about under a minute before the second round is over, so let's squeeze one more fight in here. A couple of fighters who are very raw, both with very small records. We got Bay Malecki versus Duda Santana. Santana, 3-0 in her career. Malecki, 1-0, although she did fight on the Ultimate Fighter where she lost to Leah Letson. What are you, sort of your initial thoughts about this one? They're both pretty raw, hittable prospects. My initial thoughts are they both should have spent a little bit more time on the regional scene before making that UFC debut. You know, there's tons of fighters, not not specifically in this weight class, but other divisions. You know, you got a guy like Jared Nitrain Gooden, who's the number one prospect at welterweight with a 14-3 and record, and you're telling me Bay Malecki, who's 1-0, deserved that UFC call over, you know, people like that. So I kind of think they, they aren't UFC level at this point. But, hey, we got to deal with what we're working with, with what we're handed. And, look, Bay Malecki, she's got that Muay Thai background. She's actually uh, dating Uriah Hall. She lost on the Ultimate Fighter and Duda Santana. She's got more than three times the experience in MMA. It's kind of tough to call. I kind of have to see uh, how they perform, but I'm going to lean with Bay Malecki just because, look, she's the hometown fighter. This could be a close fight. She's got the judges on her side. Yeah, and I like Malecki here too. And what I've seen of Santana, which I agreed is, is very little, I think she leaves her chin up too high. Malecki hits pretty hard. So I, I'm going to go with Malecki here too. And that's going to do it for the end of round two. We're going to move to round three in just a moment. We just have to hear from our sponsors one more time. The coolest thing about BSMMA.com to me 
is the power-ups. So we talked about how simple these contests are, but you can also add a power-up to every single one of your fighters that you pick. Maybe you know your fighter is about to go all AC Slater from Saved by the Bell on his opponent and nail a ton of takedowns. That's right, bust out the takedowns like AC Slater. If that's the case, add the Slater bonus. You get three points for every additional takedown. It's that simple. There's a whole bunch of other fun bonuses on the site all just equally as fun in name value. So check them out and get familiar with them to take home the big prize. Now, back to the show. And we are back with round number three. We're going to put five minutes on the clock. And we got just two more fights on these prelims to talk about. We're going to start by talking about Joel Alvarez versus Danilo Bellardo. Uh, Alvarez lost his UFC debut to Demir Izamil Golf. Uh, and he's got a hell of a submission record if you go back and look at his, his stats. Bellardo is 12-3. and three. He's making his UFC debut. He seems to have also some grappling chops here. So obviously Alvarez had a little bit of trouble getting that highly touted grappling going in his debut. Does he get to show it off here? It's a great question. And I think that there is going to be a lot of grappling here because Danilo Belluardo, he's a wrestler and Joel Alvarez is a submission guy. So Danilo's going to look to try to take Joel Alvarez down. And right away from there, Joel's going to have his opportunity to try to set up that triangle choke to maybe capitalize on Danilo shooting for a takedown, try to get a guillotine choke, maybe time a knee. Basically, if this fight is to go the distance, Danilo Beluardo is going to win. If there's a finish, I'm leaning to Joel Alvarez because he's the kind of guy that, you know, he's not going to necessarily go out there and win a fight from start to finish, but he can catch guys. And the only people he's lost to are two Russians. So that's a pretty high-level competition. And Danilo Beluardo also, he he lost to AJ McKee, a couple other guys on the Italian regional scene. With Beluardo... He's definitely paid his dues, man. You know, he had a couple scary losses where it seemed like, you know, this will never materialize. And he put uh, his head down, six-fight win streak. Now he's in the UFC. He's got a path to victory here. But when he takes down Joel Alvarez, he has to look out for that triangle choke. He can't get need. He he just got to be very careful. And if he minds his P's and Q's, I think that he can go out there and win this decision. But that being said, I think 15 minutes is enough time to make one mistake where a guy like Joel Alvarez can capitalize. Danilo seems like the kind of level opponent that Joel Alvarez has been fighting on the regional scene. So I think Danilo is going to win the entire fight until he gets caught with something. Yeah, it, it's certainly worrisome. Uh, I do like the fact that he uses a pretty safe looking single leg, which I think is going to keep him out of chokes, at least in the transition. When he does get to the ground, I think that is the more damaging spot. I don't necessarily think I like Joel Alvarez to get him. So I think I'm going to go with uh, Danilo Bellardo by decision, but it sounds like you're leading the other way. Yeah, I mean, look, Danilo by decision is not a bad pick because that's if he's going to win this fight, most likely it is by decision. Joel is very, very tough, but Joel is also an opportunistic guy, and he's not fighting Demiris Mugulov this time. He's fighting Danilo Belwardo. It could be two rounds to nothing going into the third, and, you know, those, those UFC octagon jitters, he could be a little bit tired, that adrenaline dump, so... I know Joel Alvarez has been there already, so I'm going to pick him to, to win via an opportunistic finish somewhere along the way. Well, there you have it. That's the first one we're different on, and that leads us to our very last fight of the night, which is Rostam Akman versus Sergei Karandonzo. Uh, so first of all, Akman also making his UFC debut. All, both of these fighters are. He's 6-0 and with all finishes, including having a heel hook in there. Karandonzo is 26-5-1. Uh, what do you know about the local making his debut on short notice here, Achman? 
Well, what I know is that he's only 6-0, and and he hasn't really fought the highest level of competition. The guys that he's been beating, they all have losing records, minus the last guy. And the last guy, you know, he uh, wasn't exactly on a hot streak himself. And historically speaking, these guys taking these fights on a week short notice, they don't, not only do they not have enough time to prepare, but they usually go out there and lose. Unless we're talking about someone like Casey Kenny, who, you know, was the LFA champ champ. You know, that's a completely different story. Um this guy, uh, Rostam Akman, is not on that level. So I have to lean or I have to side and pick the experience of uh, Sergey Kandosko here, man. And, you know, he's had uh, over 30 fights. He had a full camp. I, I think I got to go with Sergey here. Yeah, I like Sergey too here. And, and the limited amount I've seen in his uh, in his highlights, he's got some, some pretty wide swinging shots that maybe aren't the most fundamental, but they look like they're going to fucking knock somebody's head off here. Achman, not really a super polished striker. So I think Condonzo gets the knockout here, and that's the pick I'm going to go with. Yeah, man, I think it's a good pick. You know, you got to lean with the experience. Even if uh, the, even if uh, they're both newcomers, but even if the local comes in here and gets the upset, I still think, you know, in terms of setting the line, you have to set the Russian a favorite here. And uh, we'll see what he's got. And that's going to do it for the end of round three. Once again, this was the prelim primer. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can find my co-host all over the web, Daniel Levy, at Best Fight Picks on Twitter, bestfightpicks.com, and check out Half the Battle podcast wherever podcasts are streamed. Daniel, thank you so much for the time. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to all your listeners. And uh, you guys can follow me at Best Fight Picks, bestfightpicks.com. And I hope to speak soon.